Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to C3 Corumbans podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by a God who is love. So good to have you with us. Why don't you enjoy this week's sermon? God uses chaos, amen? So please don't be caught up and scared by the chaos of the world right now. God is up to something. Be filled with joy. Take cheer, take heart. He's in control. His plan will be carried out, no matter what uh, the media is reporting. Zoom, we love you. So good to have you. Can we turn around and look at the camera? Say hi to our Zoom brothers and sisters. It is so good to have you guys. Most of them are New South Wales members. Some are unwell Queenslanders or Queenslanders who... Couldn't make it this morning. Uh, we love you guys so much. It was so good. I got to uh, head down to Cubby last week and be with them. And it was such an incredible blessing to me to, to sit with you guys and chat. I love Renee Taylor's Sozo Group. The moment the lockdown lifted in Tweed, Renee Taylor's Sozo Group met for, I think it was seven hours one day. They just did breakfast and just stayed together all day and ended up playing games and cards. And then that Sunday, they're at Cubby and you're amazing. So guys, we love you. We're thinking about everyone down there. You guys are incredible. Can't wait for you to be here. Do you know what it was? It was just so wonderful to hear. I think it was Supercell and, and also Grace just talking to people and they're like, I never thought I would miss church this much. They said, I knew I'd miss it, but that we can't wait to be in the building. And I want to say that to you guys. I know sometimes Sunday morning when you wake up, I know, I know a lot of people here work really hard all week, a lot of hours, a lot of people have kids who are just, you know, crazy and going nuts. The thought of a Sunday morning, like sleep in or family time at the beach, I get it. I'm not saying it's like evil. I get I get the temptation of not coming. There's things to do around the house, right? Like you, it's, it's crazy right now to just have a time alone at home. That sounds wonderful. And I thank you for prioritizing the house of God and the presence of God. I can't stress enough. We're not just trying to build an organization or a group. We're not focusing on numbers for numbers' sake. But when you are here as part of the body of Christ, you need to see the power in that. You need to see the significance of what is happening right now. You are being the foot. And when you're not here, we notice and we feel it. So thank you for not sitting here as a consumer. Thank you for praying when we're praying. Thank you for worshiping when we're worshiping. Thank you for believing for miracles of someone else on the other side of the room because they're having an awful time. Thank you for being here. God is up to something, and it's not the same without you. So thank you for being here. God, I'm just so convinced God is at work right now. And I know some people don't like this term, but I think it's, it's a healthy biblical term. that There's a pruning happening. A pruning is happening to the Western church. And people, Mark Sayers reports about so many pastors he talks to, people just realizing that they went to church for friendship, they went to church for coffee, they went to church for encouragement, and they never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so during this pandemic, they've stopped going to church. I think that's a good thing. I'm sorry, but they're not going to church anymore. Yeah, but they realized they never knew Jesus. And I'd rather them realize that now than on the day when they meet him. So let's pray more people realize if they don't know Jesus, let's pray now. They realize it now. So maybe they come to a saving encounter this side of eternity. And they can be with us for eternity. Amen. He's a good guy. Well, we, welcome. We've been preaching through. Um, I'm getting off track. I'll get on track somehow. We preached through that wall for five months there. I know it's dark, but it's a verse in Matthew 11, 28 to 30 with five underlined invitations from Jesus Christ. And I want to keep bringing us back to that. So we put it on the wall. It's you and Jesus. Have a relationship with Jesus. Go to Jesus. Get away with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Work with Jesus. There's work to do right now. And keep company with him as well. Amen. We're going to do that. Now we're entering uh, seven weeks of And I Pray. 
I'm so excited. We're going through seven of Paul's prayers. And I, I touched on it last week. I just want to keep reminding us of this incredible truth. Paul was a theologian. Paul was brilliant with his, his, his doctrine. His theology was so good. He doesn't just teach on these points. He prays them into your heart. He prays them into the lives of the people of the church he was, he was writing to. How amazing is that? Now, I want us to look at this verse today in, in Colossians chapter 1. If you're taking notes, Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 to 13. We touched on a few things here at the start of this year. We preached for nearly four months out of Colossians. So if you're with us then, you would have remembered we probably we preached through this, but I just want to um, revisit it again, and hopefully it has a fresh lens for you today. Colossians 1, 11 to 13. Once again, Paul doesn't just teach this, he prays this. We pray, we also pray that you would be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. How many people know that's a relevant prayer for the church in the Western world right now? The church in Australia needs that prayer. Amen? I am praying for you. The the beautiful thing about this is midweek, whenever I know I'm preaching on something, I've been actively praying on it more, and I'm like, this is a really helpful prayer to pray for our church right now. I've been praying that you, church, would be strengthened with His glorious power so that you could, uh, with all endurance and patience you need, may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His dear Son. Can we pray? Lord, we love you. Now we rest in you again right now, Jesus, and we thank you so much for what you are doing in our worlds, in our community. We recognize uh, still the, the level of angst and division that exists in our border town community with some members not allowed to come and businesses in tough times. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us be carriers of light. Help us to take the good news the light of your gospel to our world. Strengthen us right now, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us so that we can have endurance and patience. Help us to experience your joy, a joy that this world cannot offer, a joy that an end to lockdowns cannot offer, a joy that international travel cannot offer, a joy that all the freedoms in this world has to offer cannot offer, (laughs) a joy that only you can offer, God. Help us to long for that because it's a joy that cannot be taken away as well by the trials of this world. So we rest in you again this morning, Lord. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. What I want us to do this morning, because I want us to touch on the start, if we can keep that up. Uh, thank you. I think it's Renee at the back. Hey, thank you. We'll keep that up for a little bit. Thanks, Renee. What I want us to do, because I want to really finish on that, that prayer at the start, and I pray that you, C3 Karaman, will be strengthened with all His glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. I, I want you to get that. I, I'm praying for that for you today, that you would be strengthened to endure to hold on to Jesus. Amen? So what I want us to do is work our way from the back to that. We're going to go backwards through this passage right now. Sometimes, in my opinion, the best way for you to feel confident of what God can do today is to remember what He has already done in your world. I'm always looking. Before we go and eat somewhere, how many people like me are looking at Google reviews? (laughs) You can't always trust them. There's always 
There's always one cafe and they serve, you know, over roasted Victoria beans or something and everyone's like, it was so good. I got like an extra large mug, half strength, decoy latte, decaf soy latte and it was, it was delicious. So you can't trust all the reviews, but we're going on there. We're looking. I want, I want to look at who's been there already, who's eaten there, who's done that. What, what has already happened in the life of that restaurant or cafe to give me faith that I might go and spend my money there? <laughs> When we look at Jesus, we're not just blindly hoping that 2022 is going to be a great year. And if you are, I want to invite you into a deeper relationship. (laughs) We're not blindly going, I hope he works it all out for good. I hope he's in control. I hope he's still a good God. What I want us to do today right now, church, let's look at what he has done. Let's look at what he has done for you. And let's work our way forward. Number one, he has. He has transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That has happened. Always remember what God has done for your today. Any believers in the room, any Christians in the room right now, show of hands, a little, yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? It's already happened. It's already happened. Jesus has already transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. That happens at the moment of salvation. That is what salvation is, that transferring into his kingdom. That's what born again means, right? It's born again into a spiritual world. We just went through Wednesday words for a month talking on spiritual warfare. One of the things we touched on, that's a pretty intense topic. I don't say it to fill you with fear, but I do say it to fill you with reverence at what is happening right now. We need to be in or and, and actually have a godly fear of what is happening now. And we need to see there is a, dem- a demonic power out there. We need to see there is a spiritual warfare happening right now. I say it week in, week out, before you get angry at that person online, to always be a person who engages in spiritual warfare. Second Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly and carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. We're not fighting a fleshly battle. There's a spiritual thing happening. And the crazy thing we looked at, it was quite confronting. That 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, calls Satan the God of this world. Wow, that's pretty confronting. He is now at work in the hearts of those. He has blinded the minds of those who refuse to believe. See this power that has happened, right? This is, this is in the, the hearts of unbelievers who refuse to say yes to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 says he is at work in the hearts of the sons of disobedience. You with me? You're not afraid, but you're with me, right? Satan is real and he is at work. And the moment you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the moment you say the finished work of the cross was for me, He transfers you into the kingdom of the son of his love. Oh, that's happened. This is why you are now enabled to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. What are we doing right now? We're saying, God, bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom. Establish your kingdom here. There is a real kingdom of God. And Jesus said, now... To believers, the kingdom of God is within. Come on. This has happened. Are you excited? 
said it last week, the more excited you are, the quicker I'll preach if you want to go home. So come on, just pretend it, even just bluff your way through it. Fantastic. All right. It has happened. Always remember what Jesus has done for you today. Second thing, always remember what God has done, this might sound weird, but for your tomorrow. He has already accomplished it, but it's for your tomorrow. He said the next thing was, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to the light. Now, there's a bit of a, not tension here, but, you know, it's a statement we looked at a couple of years ago when we preached through Philippians called Already Not Yet. It's a theological one, but it's beautiful. There are things that God has done now. You are already a child of God, right? Recap on what that means, already not yet. You're already a child of God through faith. You're already adopted into His family. You're already sealed with the Holy Spirit. You're already born again, right? You're already forgiven. You're already justified. You're already positionally righteous, positionally sanctified. These are all the things that have already happened. And there's a not yet. We were going to read in a moment that Romans 8 verse, but talks about we will be set free from sin and suffering. We will receive all the rights as adopted children. We will be in heaven where there's no more tears. You wipe away every tear, right? There's a, there's a not yet. We're looking forward to it. And so I understand, I don't mean to bounce around too much, but I'm trying to get you to get understand what God has accomplished for your tomorrow, what we will walk in one day. See, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 speaks about that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so sometimes people take that and they twist it to go, it's all done. You've just got access to everything. And what I want us to more discover a joy in is that we have been purchased and sealed and bought for a beautiful thing. Yes, there are things on offer now, but there is so much coming. Let's look at Romans 8, 23 to 24. And we believers, you're a believer? I'm a believer. Well, guess what? We also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us now as a foretaste of future glory. Do you get it? We've got the Holy Spirit now. We can pray, but there's so much, something so much better coming. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait. Why am I waiting? I've got it all now. Why should I wait? We wait with eager hope for the day when God will. Give us our full rights as his adopted children. We were given this hope. We were given this hope when we were saved. See the already not yet there? We have been saved. We have the Holy Spirit. We are his adopted children. And one day something even better is coming. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. It's a foretaste. When I, when I pray in tongues, when I'm in the presence and worship experiencing the Holy Spirit, it's a foretaste of what's to come. Lord, one day I'm going to be with you forever. One day all of this garbage of social media will be washed away. How many people experienced joy this week when for like two hours social media was down? Ah. So many people had anxiety and they were whinging. I'm like, that was the most peaceful two hours you've had in a long time, all right? Just rest in it. There's a foretaste. There's things coming. So what we do, we, we rest in what God has done for you today And rest, remember what God has done for your tomorrow. Christian, you're sealed, you're saved, you're born again, you're his, it's getting better. It only gets better. We're groaning for how good it's going to be. 
And so when you remember, point three, when you remember what God has done for your today and you remember what God has done for your tomorrow or will do for your tomorrow, point three is you will experience joy now. What? May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Serious question. In the last six, nine months, how often have you been overflowing with joy just praising and thanking God for how good He is, compared to how often have you been caught up or distracted or confused by what's going on in the world? Now, I don't say that to shame anyone. I don't say that to, to point the finger at all. I know I've been there. What I'm saying is this. You and I have a decision, church. We have a decision to be found in the Word of God as a people of God and experience an overflowing joy of God or be found on different news outlets and social media and different websites getting more confused and more anxious and more depressed and more fearful about what might come. We have a choice, church. And I'm choosing to be over here, standing on the truth. He has transferred me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son. He has blessed me with an inheritance that's going to come and it's going to be so beautiful. I can't wait for that day. Now I'm experiencing all the joy in this world. Why? Because like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if I go into the fire, but I will never bow down to the gods of this world. I'm not bowing down to those idols, even, idols, even if I get thrown in there. God is good. There's joy on offer today, church. Amen. And here's where I wanted to get to. So you remember what He's done for you today. You remember what He's promised for you tomorrow. That gives you joy now. So now you're experiencing joy. Well, now we go back to the first prayer. Point four, sorry, Renee. Now we go back to, and I pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. That first prayer sounds pretty tough until you, we just broke down the rest, right? But now that you're sitting here, Christian, fully convinced that you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness, it's done. Christian, it's done. You are now in the kingdom of a son. Now, he sealed you with the Holy Spirit. There's an inheritance coming. There's joy on offer today. Now let that faith and expectancy arise, right? Okay, I can trust that, Jesus. I can trust whatever God has done that. Now what does He want to do for my today? He wants to strengthen you with His glorious power. God wants to empower you to endure the challenges of today with joy on your face. Do you know the most written about topic of the first four centuries for the believers and the apostles? Long-suffering. <laughs> It wasn't prosperity. <laughs> it wasn't investment income or homes. It wasn't, uh, what's Bitcoin doing? It's long-suffering. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe that, would you, when you think, like, God's just so good. Life should be comfortable and easy. Anyone like me growing up on the Gold Coast your entire life and just had this really cushy Christianity. Why would they write on long-suffering so much? Because long-suffering is very much a part of living for Jesus. And do you know one of the the biggest um, evangelism points, is that the right thing? One of the most amazing points of evangelism. I was, I was rereading the other week because I, was, I had this thought. I had to go and buy a book because I had a thought. How on earth were the first 340 years of Christianity the fastest growth track that we've ever had, right? Like the growth rate of Christianity just skyrocketed. How on earth is that possible? They weren't offering the money. It's not like come be Christian and, you know, you'll be rich. That didn't happen. It wasn't offering them comfort. 
Come and worship Jesus and you'll never be persecuted again. I'm like, that wasn't it. I'm like, oh, come and, come and do this and you'll receive all these blessings or none of that. Like, they had nothing to offer them. I'm like, what was it? And one of the most regular things that we read about of the martyrs was joy on their face in martyrdom. Read about a guy called Polycarp. Has anyone ever heard of Polycarp? Polycarp, for those who haven't, was a disciple of John. Not John the Baptist, John the Apostle. John the Apostle who wrote John, 1, 2, 3, John and Revelation. The only, really cool thing, I bring it up every now and again, the only Apostle who was at the foot of Jesus while being persecuted was also the only Apostle to die of old age. It's really cool. Fulfills what Jesus said. If you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. If you give it up for my sake, you'll find it. Incredible, right? So he dies of old age. They try to boil him in oil. Try to boil him in oil. The chains burnt off and he stood up and preached to everyone in the room. That's John the Apostle. So John the Apostle's disciple was Polycarp. He appointed Polycarp to be a pastor of Smyrna. Remember in Revelation, one of the churches is Smyrna. Polycarp ends up pastoring this church. Let's read about Polycarp's execution. This account is in the form of a letter from eyewitnesses to other churches in the area. It is the earliest chronicle of a martyrdom outside of the New Testament. You ready? There we go, there we go, come on. Interaction. Yeah, there we are. As Polycarp was being taken into the arena, a voice came to him from heaven. Be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. No one saw who had spoken, but our brothers who were there heard the voice. When the crowd heard that Polycarp had been captured, there was an uproar. The proconsul asked him whether he was Polycarp. On hearing that he was, he tried to persuade the um, <laughs> he tried to persuade him to I always read this one wrong. Apostatize, 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 saying, "Have respect for your old age. Swear by the fortune of Caesar. Repent and say." Down with the atheists. Polycarp looked grimly at the wicked heathen multitude in the stadium. And gesturing towards them, he said, Down with the atheists. The proconsul urged, Reproach Christ and I will set you free. This is the statement Polycarp is famous for. Eighty-six years have I served him, Polycarp declared, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king and my saviour? Well, I have wild animals here, the proconsul said. I will throw you to them if you do not repent. Call them, Polycarp replied. It is unthinkable for me to repent of what is good and turn to what is evil. I will be glad, though, to be changed from evil to righteousness. If you despise the animals, I will have you burned. You threaten me with fire, which burns for an hour and is then extinguished. But you know nothing of the fire of the coming judgment and eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly. Why are you waiting? Bring on whatever you want. This was all done in the time it takes to tell. The crowd collected wood and bundles of sticks at the shops and public baths. And when they went to fix them, when they went to fix him with nails, he said, leave me as I am. I love this. For he that gives me strength to endure the fire will enable me not to struggle. <laughs> That's a confronting statement. Without the help of your nails. So they simply bound him with his hands behind him like a distinguished ram chosen for a great flock for sacrifice. 
ready to be an acceptable burnt offering to God. He looked up to heaven and said, Oh, Lord God Almighty, the Father of your beloved and blessed Son, Jesus Christ, by whom we have received the knowledge of you, the God of angels, powers, and every creature of all the righteous who live before you. I give you thanks that you count me worthy to be numbered among your martyrs, sharing the cup of Christ and the resurrection to eternal life, both of soul and body, through the immortality of the Holy Spirit. May I be received this day as an acceptable sacrifice, as you, the true God, have predestined, revealed to me, and now fulfilled. I praise you for all these things. I bless you and glorify you, along with the everlasting Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. To you, with Him, through the Holy Ghost, be glory, both now and forever. Amen. What a prayer of someone about to die. But catch this. Then the fire was lit, and its flame blazed furiously. We, who were privileged to witness it, saw a great miracle. And this is why we have preserved to tell the story. The fire shaped itself into the form of an ark. Like the sail of a ship when filled with wind, it formed a circle around the body of the martyr. Inside it, he looked not like flesh that is burnt, but like bread that is baked or gold, silver that is glowing in a furnace. We smelt a sweet scent like frankincense or some such precious spices. Eventually, when those wicked men saw that the body could not be consumed by fire, They commanded an executioner to pierce him with a dagger. When he did this, it's gross for anyone who's not good with blood, just block your ears. When he did this, such a great quantity of blood flowed that the fire was extinguished. The crowd were amazed at the difference between the unbelievers and the elect, of of whom the great Polycarp was surely one. Having in our own times been an apostolic and prophetic teacher, bishop of the Catholic Church in Smyrna, for every word he spoke either has been or shall be accomplished. What a testimony. A couple of things jump out to me there. Number one, that God and his sovereignty would, would bring us such a strong miracle that Polycarp wouldn't be burned. In the face of persecution, helped him to avoid death. How incredible is that? Then moments later, God didn't stop the dagger. God allowed Polycarp to die. Another account I read, it's a, um, an Italian author writes a book called The Early Church Fathers. It says that those people there who were astonished by his face, up to half of them gave their life to Jesus because of the peace on Polycarp's face when he died. Hear me. Just hear me out. Sometimes I talk to people and they're like, I, I, I hear that and... I want to die for God. I, I, want, I want to have that much faith. I want to lay my life down for Jesus like that. Lord, help me, help me hold on to you in the face of death, just like Polycarp. And I'm like, that is beautiful. And that is amazing. But my question is this. Who's willing to live like Polycarp? It's really easy. I know it seems hard, but let's be honest. If you're convinced of heaven and eternity, if you're convinced of it, death isn't that hard. Like Paul says he longs for that. I long to die and be with Christ. For me to die is gain, but for me to stay, it's for your benefit. Like when we get heaven, death isn't the enemy, right? 
But how hard is it? I, I'm glad you're willing to die for Jesus. My question is, like Polycarp, who was 86 years of sacrificing his life for the great Lord and loved him that much, who is willing to, to stand up and say, yeah, I want to live for Jesus like that? Well, this is the verse we need. I pray that you will be strengthened with His glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Church, it's becoming harder and harder to be an on-fire disciple of Jesus Christ. It's becoming harder and harder to live with faith. You are going to be persecuted more and more. The next 10 years, watch. We are going to get persecuted more and more for sharing the gospel. There are going to be restrictions coming in with how we could preach in an outdoor gathering, what we could use on social media. It's It's going to come in 10, 20 years. You watch. So my question is, who is willing to be strengthened with his glorious power to endure, not just the fire, not just the dagger, endure the day-to-day temptations that want us to live a comfortable life, that want us to, 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 to skip prayer meetings and small groups and Sundays so we can do what we want when we want. What I'm praying is that you not just have endure, uh, strength to endure the flames, I'm praying you have strength to endure the comforts and temptations now because that's the church shining brightly. Amen? Can we stand to our feet? We're going to finish in a moment. We'll get the band up. We're going to worship together. And we did it last week. I I want us to pray together. I'm not going to ask us to go around the room. Hopefully, you're standing next to someone you feel comfortable praying for. If not, find someone, two, three, four. It doesn't matter. I want us to pray for each other. I want us to pray that we would be strengthened with His glorious power, so that we can endure to the end. Amen? My prayer for us is that we would hold on. Hold on to a living faith in Christ. Hold on to a living faith in Christ that's alive, that's actually impacting people. So if you want to find someone near you, just for one minute, find someone you feel comfortable with. If you don't feel comfortable praying, just stay by yourself where you are. We're going to worship together. But I want us to pray this. Lay hands. Pray for brothers and sisters. Believe in the power of prayer. Believe in the power of laying hands on people. Pray for a supernatural strength to fill them. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Spirit, strengthen every person here. Strengthen every person here. Fill us with your glorious power. Strengthen us to endure. Strengthen us to experience joy. We pray it. God, we pray it because we need your help. We pray because we want you to move right now. Holy Spirit, move in us, in our church, in our hearts, over Zoom. Holy Spirit, fill every person watching over Zoom. I pray that you would strengthen them to endure a life of faith, a life that believes for miracles, a life that is always confident that you are good, you are in control, 
a life that is lived for your glory, your praise. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God.